Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is your weekly sports fix with Sticks. What's up, y'all? We are back. It is, uh, let's see, what is today? Thursday. ABH is on the DL today. That's all right, though. Uh, wish him the best. Hope he gets better quick. He'll be back soon. Got one half of the Dos Punjabis here. Uh, Rudy over in the East Coast. My man, what's happening over there, buddy? What's up, man? Just trying to keep warm out here. A little chilly? Yeah, we we got wind chills in the low 20s now. It's starting to uh, it's starting to cool down a little bit. No, no snow yet? No, nothing yet. Still pretty dry, but... Uh... We'll see what we'll see what the future brings. I don't know. It's about thirty degrees here, and that's about sixty degrees too cold for me. Now, <laughs> warm need a warm blooded mammal. I need that that Vegas weather. Like oh, like Aaron Jones, speak of the devil. Can you hear me, Aaron? <clears throat> Good to go. He's got that Vegas weather. He said it was like a cool, balmy fifty degrees. He was a little chilly the other day. I was like, damn, fifty. It's setting in, uh, was it 34 this morning? I think 32 tomorrow morning. And then 60 uh, at noon? 66, yeah. <laughs> Supposed to be 61, but yeah, next week, like six, and a couple days, 66. I think uh, Rudy and I would both love to have some 60-degree weather right now. No, that's Rudy's decision to move into the cold. He wanted that cold. <laughs> that was his, whole, his whole decision in life was to go be – to freeze off his uh, undercarriage. That's right. <laughs> I like it cold, man. I'm not gonna lie. I like it cold. Man, you guys are crazy. I need that. I need that Vegas weather. Hey, well, we'll just uh, we just have a few things we want to get into. Uh, I know uh, both Aaron and Rudy have some COVID discussions that we'll talk about here towards the end. But I wanted to start out with uh, a little college basketball action. Uh, number one Gonzaga up here from. Uh, the good old state of Washington uh, held on last night and beat Baylor uh, or not beat Baylor, beat West Virginia play Baylor on Saturday. So that's going to be a great game to watch uh, Gonzaga uh, and Baylor playing at 10 a.m. on Saturday. And since I don't have football anymore, college football for my Knowles, my Knowles number 22 in the nation, college basketball beat the North Florida Ospreys um yesterday 86.58 so how about them apples they're going in the right direction baby so a little shout out to them you know you got to get back got to get got to get it while it's good see what happens if they can make it through the season but Seminoles are back let's go Florida State all right so god I got that off my chest I don't need to hear anything from the peanut gallery from you two on that so 
Um, I was that, that was my that was my question. When's the last time they they were good? Uh, Charlie Ward era of like nineteen ninety five. Well, you know the bath the college basketball has been coming around with Leonard Hamilton the the sixty whatever year old who looks like he's about forty. We've talked about I think last year on a couple of podcasts. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the basketball season. They they've seemed to be pretty solid. They did lose a few starters last uh, this year to the draft, so um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Got to stay. You'll keep me entertained for a little bit since my since the football team is not good. Um, but we're going to get into them. Uh, I know you guys have seen the, um, the clips of Nate Robinson. Probably didn't even have to watch the fight because all you had to do is go to YouTube and Twitter and uh, Facebook or whatever. And the poor guy got got knocked out in the second round by Jake Paul. But all these boys need to back up off of old Nate Rob, man. At least he got in there and did it. He didn't like go in there. He was training. He just, for some reason, I don't know whoever was coaching him said, Hey, drop your head and run into a right hand that gets you knocked the fuck out cold. Oh my God. That was horrible. But shout out to him for actually making it happen. Did you guys get to see any of that? Or did you see at least the, the, the low light? Just all the, there's all those memes of him laying up. On his stomach. On the ground. Just out. I mean, I'm with you, though, right? Like, I mean, I, I have no desire to get punched in the face by anybody for any reason, even for money. So, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't quit my basketball career or whatever it is to go become a professional boxer. So, yeah, I got to give that guy his credit for that. But he's, yeah, uh, he's a tougher man than I am. Jeez. Yeah, he got a he at least he you know he talked a lot of smack but at least he got in there and did it and owned up to it and you know it is what it is um so speaking of basketball we know basketball players can't fight anyways so um you know we've seen all the uh, what was it the uh freaking uh, i just had off the top of my head the indiana pacers brawl you know plenty of detroit pistons and uh, new york knickerbockers brawl or pushing and shoving back in the day. So um, tell you one thing, we aren't going to see Bill Lambeer in there in the boxing ring anytime soon. I'll tell you that. Even when he's he was too, 40 years he's younger. Too, he's too busy uh, coaching them uh, uh, Las Vegas Aces to the Ooh. championship game. That's all he's busy doing. He doesn't have time for that nonsense. No, even 40 years ago, he wouldn't have been able to have time <laughs> for that nonsense. Uh, the whole, the whole, the whole good thing out of that whole deal is I heard uh, just minutes ago that uh, Snoop Dogg signed a contract with Thriller to be a uh, boxing announcer because I heard he did a really good job and everybody's pretty excited about that. So Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg got him a job out of that whole uh, Roy Jones uh, Robinson stuff. Yeah, I heard he was pretty good um, on commentary. Everybody was, you know. Uh, praising him and I guess he had like a little concert in the middle of it too like the whole Triller uh, thing they put on a show kind of like a the concert in between the things they had to hype it up a little bit but I, I and, the, and the Mike Tyson and the um, Roy Jones Jr. I guess was a a draw I think everybody kind of saw that coming but I heard Tyson was pretty much uh, you know took it easy I don't know how he must have got that good weed maps in the middle of the before the fight to keep him cool, calm, and collected. But um, good for him. Good for those guys getting in there and uh, taking it to each other. Um, so we'll see what happens next. I, Tyson's got his own little um, thing down there in Vegas, doesn't he, Aaron? I forgot. Damn, what the hell was that called again? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, he's got his starting his up at his own little boxing uh, uh, community thing he's got going. So good for him too. Getting yeah, out of that. I haven't heard anything about that. I just know that, I mean, in between him and his comedy and all that other crap that he has weed shop and his comedy, I'm sure it's all one, all in one facility, right? Yeah. He's uh, diving back in and making that money. So good for him. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Tyson and what the future holds for him as far as boxing goes. I mean, they did kind of, they turned this fight into an exhibition when they first started off, that wasn't what they were talking about, right? This was going to be a fight. And they yeah. were looking at him fighting Evander Holyfield. They were looking at him fighting Roy Jones. Like, it was going to be a fight. And it turned out to not be one. Obviously, Snoop Dogg putting on a performance. And, and the whole, like, exhibition, like, you know, is, is they turned it into that from, from what it was supposed to be. So Roy Jones made some comments about, Tyson's punching ability and, and I guess it's only been three years since Roy Jones fought last and he's pretty confident that Tyson can still hold his own against these younger guys I don't know hey, if know. that I don't know if that was the point if Tyson you know wanted to get back out there like this test the waters see how many pay-per-view subscriptions he could sell for that night or if you know if it was just something to do that that they thought would be fun and, and a reason for him to train I don't really know I've mentioned before like you're you're Mike Tyson's, Michael Jordan's, Tiger Woods. Like, these are guys that were the best of the best through the era that I was growing up at. And it's like watching Tiger Woods win the Masters a couple of years ago, right? Like, it just – it brings back this nostalgia that you could never get rid of, you know, like that that feeling of how it used to be when we were kids getting the Mike Tyson fight on pay-per-view. Never wanted to even blink because one punch, man, and that thing could be over, you know? So on that note, it's good, but I'm interested to see like what he ends up ultimately decide to do if he wants to fight again, or if, if he's just kind of, you know, just playing around. I mean, we'll see, but yeah. I mean, if Roy Jones said that, you know, he, um, Tyson still hasn't, like you said, Jones just got out of the ring, you know, three years ago or whatever. But I mean, you've seen the videos of Tyson still just shadow boxing and like, dude, that's crazy. I can't even, I can't move that fast. Not even close. Um, never have, never will be able to. So, um, I did hear that, uh, the pay-per-view ended up doing supposedly it was the most ever pay-per-view buys pre fight. So in, in support, I don't know if it was boxing history or all pay-per-view event history, but, um, seems like they did pretty well a lot better than they probably thought they were going to do so kudos to those guys they both walked away with some money so can't argue there and who knows how much more is coming after they get all those pay-per-view buys going yeah like tyson said that i'm sorry tyson said he was donating all his money to charity i'm not sure exactly how much of that he's really going to give to charity or not and if tyson's got money and doesn't need boxing money you know then it's a it's a good thing that he gives that away to charity but if Tyson's broke again and nobody knows it, and remember Tyson lost everything, you know, years ago Jeez. when when he and Don King went through the ringer together. Um, right. I mean, this could just be a ploy to get you know for Tyson to get his name back out there and get and get money. But uh, but but before I kick it back to Aaron, but um, the one of the things is is that Roy Jones was saying that like Tyson hurt him, right? Like I mean, he openly admitted he probably could have hurt him was, more. Right, but there was an uppercut to the jaw. He said, like, his, his jaw was hurting for a couple of days, and there was a couple of body shots that he said his ribs hurt. 
and for a, a, a boxer, even an, a retired boxer in that setting of an exhibition to admit that his opponent hurt him. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it just goes to show. And you also look at the fact that him and Tyson are like right now, almost the exact same size. Right. When was the last time Tyson fought anybody near as small as him? I mean, he was, he was taking on the monsters and just bringing them down. So it's interesting. That's all I'm saying. It's interesting. We'll see what comes of this. So the whole uh, Tyson broke, I was just going to say the same thing about him being, you know, going for uh, bankruptcy and doing all that back in, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it's kind of brought his legacy back a little bit. I mean, all, with the whole now running his own weed shop here in Vegas, being able to run his own type of uh, medical weed. He was, uh, he's doing all that comedy stuff and, you know, now starting his boxing. He's, he's kind of been revamped. I'm doing the movies, doing shows, you know, he's kind of revamped his name already. And I, last I heard that he was ripping through the money right now. I mean, he was, he was, filling his pockets back up i mean how many people can own their own tigers i guess <laughs> <laughs> tigers but, and no, uh bird and uh doves or whatever the hell birds he has so but yeah he's running through i mean I, I think he's doing pretty good i think he's financially finally getting able to be able to do throw money at stuff like this to make more money you know uh i heard colin cowherd talking the other day that comparing the way that Tyson looked the other day compared to the last time George Foreman ran, uh, fought. And he said he blew him out of the water. He said he, he definitely can go probably go if Foreman thought that he could go and fight professionally at the age that he did, there's no reason that Tyson can't uh, try to throw two or three more fights out there. He said he's not four fights a year, but one or two, you know, he's definitely not in the shape to be able to handle four fights like most boxers, but he could probably do two with no issues. Well, we'll stay tuned for that for sure. So uh, you guys want to talk a little NFL? I just want to one. I, I just want to know how the Saints are not going to Jameis yet. I mean, they played two games with Taysom Hill, right? Not really the very uh, productive games. I mean, they won what last week was a twenty-four to what the hell was it? 20 – where the hell to go? What am I looking for? New Orleans. Oh, well, they beat Denver without a quarterback. We'll get into that in a second. Um, Aaron, I know you're going to have a lot to say about that. And then the, in week 11, they beat Atlanta 24-9. to um, I mean, still not a pretty game. But you got to give Jameis a shot. I, I mean, I, from what they were talking on the, during the game – is that this was Peyton's choice. Peyton and Hill kind of have been a, uh, sounds like they've been like friends or something down the road and that he liked Taysom Hill and he has the book. They were showing pictures of him practicing, warming up, everything the exact same ways that Breeze does. That's his quarterback. He kind of groomed Breeze, you know, brought Breeze into his deal and I think that's what he's doing with Taysom Hill, making him another Breeze, trying to do – might not have the arm like Breeze, but he's trying to get him to do the work ethic. And I don't think we're – I mean, obviously, Jameis has never had the work ethic that somebody like a Peyton wants out of his quarterback. You know, somebody that's going to be dire need. I mean, this guy would rather go steal uh, shrimp from Crab, the grocery store. Crab you know? yeah. He's a guy <laughs> so, alone already. Uh, I know 40, well, 20 years later, but no, I just don't think he's ever had the real work ethic. I mean, I don't think he's ever put his head down and really, really tried to, you know, he just went off his talent 
and not his, you know, and trying to get any better. I mean, we go back to the Michael Vick. I mean, I'm not saying that Michael Vick didn't have a great work ethic, but he didn't study the, the more of football. And if this guy's going to do exactly what Breeze tells him and Peyton tells him to do, you're gonna, they're going to take him over. The, the guy that's going to work that little extra, little harder. And on or top of it, the, the Atlanta has been progressing over the last six weeks, and Denver still has one of the top defenses. So, I mean, he's still seen two really good defenses over the last couple of weeks of his starting career. And it's not like he played against the Jets or somebody crappy. My question on that is I want to know who signed Jameis in the first place. Was that – who's the GM? Who's the guy that, that does the signing for the Saints? You know, did, did somebody basically – somebody else besides Peyton sign Jameis Winston and essentially basically like threw those two together? Or was that Peyton's choice? If it was Peyton's choice, he figured that he wanted him in some way, shape, or form. I would not mind seeing that hybrid system where you bring Jameis in, you know, he runs a few plays in the in the in the series, and then you know, in comes Taysom Hill for his you know wildcat running thing. Like, I mean, I think that'd be a good plan. I think they'd be successful with that because I think that that uh, Jameis has a good arm and and you know, can do some things for your team. But going back to what you guys were saying, I mean, if, if Taysom's his guy and he never wanted Jameis Winston, someone just signed him because he was looking for a place to play and they could get an arm for cheap, then I don't blame Peyton for sticking with it, with his guy. So that's what I'm curious about. Yeah. Who really wanted him, who really wanted him in there to be the backup or to be in the quarterback room. Was it Peyton or was it the GM? And like I referenced before, I mean, almost I, I would much I would like to see Jameis just to see if the real LASIK thing worked. You know, he said he got his eyes fixed. We made fun of him for not being able to see the jerseys and the colors of the jerseys and all that. And so now with him, you know, having that done, it'd just be nice to see if he can go a game without, you know, throwing a pick six and turning the ball over three times or whatever. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, they – they signed Taysom Hill for a two-year contract, $17.49 million in the offseason. They said that, uh, yeah, signed, and then it says a $21 million contract this offseason. So they, they weren't skimping on, you know, I didn't, I'm trying to see what they signed uh, Winston for, for money Only like a, It was like a million. See, so they yeah. so put more money into this Taysom Hill than everybody thought. I mean, nobody's taken away from Winston's million yards, but they're, you know, Per year, what did he throw? Five thousand, uh, fifty thousand last year. Five five thousand yards, yards, yeah, five thousand yeah. yards, and like and then, thirty uh, touchdowns, thirty interceptions, a thirty thirty club. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, but they did play Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and then they're playing Atlanta again at, uh, in Atlanta this time. So, I, obvious. I haven't heard anything different. I'm pretty sure they're sticking with Hill. So, we'll see uh, how that game goes. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, so San Francisco, the Santa Clara 49ers, whatever you want to call them, moving to Arizona. We all know that with the protocols in place, they shut down California, like we talked about last week. Um, or I think, uh, an Ospig homie and I talked about on. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Saturday. But, um, which leads me into, you know, the Wednesday football game yesterday. And that'll lead us into the, to the next topic. But uh, how we had the, the, the Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, which we all know got pushed back from Thanksgiving and blah, 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 and all that. What a terrible game that was. Um, I don't even know how many turnovers. I, could, I was at work, and then DirecTV had the block out or whatever. So we have DirecTV, but we couldn't watch it. So I was kind of watching it on my phone. But I, every time I turned, I heard that there was a, a – uh, interception here and a fumble here or whatever there was like four or five turnovers or something but that seemed to be pretty pathetic game um Wednesday afternoon also was kind of weird um but you know a lot of people say it's football so I guess that's good but um did you guys get to watch any of that game yesterday or what did you guys think yeah I I got to watch the whole thing actually I was at work and and lucked into being able to watch the entire thing and I think that you're absolutely right. It was an ugly game. Uh, it was a, a good defensive game. And I think that people forget that about the Baltimore Ravens is the fact that they've got a tough defense. So we talk about no Lamar Jackson, no Mark Ingram, no J.K. Dobbins, right? Their running game is going to be nothing. Um, they don't have the, the amazing running quarterback, and that's it. They're going to lose. But you forget about that defense, like with Humphreys and and these guys they have. I mean, they're, they're a hell of a defensive team. And – I know it was an ugly game and I know it was cold outside, um, but Roethlisberger, I think was pressured a lot. And I think they were kind of like on him, like that defense was playing aggressively, almost such that they knew the only shot that they had to win was for them to be aggressive and, and take the ball away and, and score some defensive points and really keep the defense in the game. Um, and so that's kind of what you saw now offensively. I mean, the, the Steelers were horrible. And I saw a graphic, and I, I request that one of you guys look this up because I don't have the ability to look it up right now. But the Steelers are 11-0, and if you look at who they've played, they've really played nobody with the exception of the Browns back before the Browns had the ability to win some of these games and the Titans. Otherwise, like nine of their 11 wins were, for the most part, against garbage teams. If they play the way they played – yesterday against the bills that they have coming up the bills are going to beat them the browns are going to beat them uh, there's going to be some other teams again too. indianapolis is going to beat them philip rivers is going to go out there and beat them right so i mean they, they don't have an easy cakewalk to an undefeated season but if they play the way that they played yesterday um i think they showed they showed their weaknesses yesterday in that game even though they escaped it with a win um I was disappointed also in, in kind of the uh, performance of RG3. I mean, here's a guy that can't stay healthy. And, again, you know, you saw him pull his hammy on that run. He, right. he toughened up and tried to stay in the game. But I remember when he played for the Browns, you know, he came back in and, and you know, he just got hurt like in his first game, came back. I think he made like five starts for the Browns and, and they just couldn't go anymore because he really is fragile and seems to get hurt a lot, but I respect the fact that they tried to put him in that Lamar Jackson type of role where they try to get him to run as long as they could till he tweaked that hammy. Um, but he's just not, he's not that kind of guy. He's not that kind of quarterback. And so, you know, it didn't work out for them like, like they had hoped it would, 
or maybe they got forced into trying to make it work because they knew they weren't moving the ball any other way. Um, but yeah, it was, it was ugly. And, and I think that, you know, both teams are kind of waking up right now thinking we got to do something. So that brings us into the, the COVID uh, protocols and penalties that I think we all have a little to say about this. So we all know that, yeah, uh, it's funny. I have Aaron, uh, Denver Broncos guy down here in Las Vegas or down there in Las Vegas, his team got shafted twice at least. Um, and then we were talking about the Ravens, how their game got pushed back, you know, a week, almost a week, six days. Now the schedule's getting changed again. And the NFL came out and said, they're not going to delay any of the games unless it's, um, for health, health reasons or whatever. But to go to Aaron's Broncos, we just talked about that they played without a quarterback. They had the, the practice squad right receiver have to be their quarterback. Um, and the NFL used them as their guinea pig and forced the injunction on, on these guys, which doesn't seem fair if you push back a Baltimore and Pittsburgh game you know, to give – Baltimore's players some time to get healthy even though they had numerous cases it seems like too where they kept testing positive so is it something that I'm missing that they're saying if is that you have to have a, a miss like you have to have no cases before they schedule the game and then those move it two days because um the Baltimore Ravens had tests every day they were had someone else come up on the list or whatever right but Denver didn't have anybody except the quarterbacks and I don't even think they tested positive they were just in a room without a mask if I remember correctly that's that's where I mean that's it was Jeff Driscoll showed up positive and as of I know of nobody else has uh on that deal and I think, I mean, from what everybody keeps saying, from what I keep reading is, I mean, Jerry Jones went on a rant and stuff like that about it, but it was, it's the whole thing is the NFL is trying to make a point of, we told you to wear a mask. You didn't wear a mask. We are punishing you. Uh, is that fair? Because now the whole entire uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens, I mean, was it, they had like 25 guys, 25 plus guys get it i mean obviously they didn't wear masks around each other they didn't i mean obviously uh that that's what the whole situation is i mean there had to be some protocol that they didn't get it because they ended up with they all ended up with the covid so there's something going on there i don't know what it is i just think that they made a comment that being that uh pat uh bowden died for the broncos so what two years ago now and so they don't have like a real strong owner they said if he would have originally been around and or if he would still be around that they probably would have listened to him and then gave him everything they asked for like new england gets to or like the Roonies and the sea uh yeah and of pittsburgh you know to be able to push around and push the nfl to their limits to help them out a little bit i mean we all know that denver's not going to make a uh a macro uh, a huge run for the super bowl or for playoffs which is Still, they say that, but, I mean, everybody's still betting that New England is going to, and with their win the other day, puts them right in the running of playoffs again, which Denver has the same 
schedule, so or the same uh, record. So it does, you know, especially if they would have, could have, whatever could have beat the Saints with a a well quarterback. I mean, Denver's defense went out there and they played as hard as they could, and with the with the crappy quarterback and not being able to, you know, throwing interceptions, putting them in bad field positions. Yeah, Denver could have, with their defense, could have maybe won that game, and would have gave them a better shot at the playoffs. But I don't think, you know, with the, all the little stuff that's happened in the last year, the NFL is definitely not favoring the Broncos in anything, especially with the, like we talked to Cam Newton. Uh, they pushed, they pushed that Denver game back a week and a half because Cam Newton was the only one on that team that was sick. And yeah. they, they, they made it better for them, but they can't do it for Denver to make it better for them. And it is what it is. I mean, it's, I don't think, I mean, everybody really has a lot of uh, good things to say about that kid that came off the practice, you know, came off the practice squad and came in and gave it all he had. And that's all you can ask. I mean, there's a lot of good things about that. Other than that, I mean, there's not much more to really run on. I like what uh, Rudy, I uh, want you to elaborate on what you, we talked about yesterday when you, or the other day when you text about the game being pushed back in the players, because I think Rudy has a really good point. And I think it'd be a fair point um, as far as like, if your team tests positive, like you referred to JK Dobbins and, uh, and uh, Mark Ingram, if they weren't available to play that day. Then what do you think that that should be the protocol for the following game? Yeah, and so, you know, what they're saying is is they're talking about this being for health reasons, right? The delays of the games are for health purposes. And if you if you heard what Goodell said at halftime of yesterday's game, that's exactly what he said. And he said they postponed this Ravens game because of health concerns, but they didn't postpone the Broncos game because they didn't have the same health concerns. Matter of fact, it was only, like Aaron said, only the quarterbacks that came out and tested positive they're punishing those guys. They're even fining those guys, right? So my statement is this. I'm all right with you postponing a game. If the situation's such that you can't even get your guys on a tee- on the plane because of COVID and you can't get them around each other because they have it for health reasons, that's totally cool. But J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and several other guys were ineligible to play when the game was originally scheduled to be played on Thanksgiving day, some of those guys were still ineligible to play when the game was going to be played on Sunday and then pushed back to Monday. And so they finally decided to push it back to Wednesday. And originally I had read that Ingram and Dobbins were going to get to play. And that's where I felt like that particular game that like, that's the unfair part about the whole situation. You can delay that game as far as you want. But if you have a guy on your team that's ineligible to play on the day that the game is supposed to be played, then that player should be ineligible when you finally make up that game because that's what's fair. All of a sudden now, you know, imagine if imagine if they delayed this game long enough that Lamar Jackson could have played and imagine that they would have beaten the Steelers. How fair is that to the Steelers? That's kind of like that. That's kind of my statement on that. Now, ultimately, what ended up happening was is that Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins didn't play and so i don't know i didn't read i didn't catch i didn't hear if maybe the nfl saw my text to you and realized (laughs) that that i was right (laughs) Right. but but they ended up not playing now someone who did play and this is you know interesting but cam hayward 
the the defensive lineman for the Steelers. He played because he apparently had he would have been out for a knee injury, but then his knee felt better and he was able to come back and play. Now that's not COVID related. So I'm still sort of on the fence to that, right? He only got to play in that game because it got delayed. Um, but he wasn't a COVID guy. So, you know, I'm like I said, on the fence about it, but I about that part. But I definitely believe that, you know, if you I would I'll just real quick, what if in, in baseball, if they sign a guy, I mean, let's say that they're gonna play a game, you know, on a Monday that gets rained out. And so then they make up that game three months later because you're going to come back. That team's going to come back through your stadium again three months later. They make it up. In the meantime, you know, you sign a new player. Does that new player get to play in that game? Or do you have to revert back to the roster that you played with when you originally were supposed to play that game? I honestly don't know. Um, COVID's I, I new think thing. They, I think they can play. I think they can play unless the game started then they'd have to go to the starting lineups from that day. So if it's like right. a rain delay and they make it up, then they'd have to go back to the starting lineups if I remember correctly. But that's right. a good point. I mean, how would it, how would you give a guy extra rest and him be eligible to play, but then you can't give right. the COVID guys extra rest to them to be able right. to play. And so, and again, are we punishing people who get COVID or who not necessarily get COVID, but how about these people that just get put on the COVID watch list because they were near someone. Right? right. Like, are we, are we, puni- is this, is this punitive? We're punishing these guys for that, for that, for their negligent behavior, or are we really just trying to keep them safe? And with the baseball analogy, and, and I'm sure that, you know, that's all within the rule books and it's already predetermined <laughs> right. exactly right. Because your starting pitcher might have been traded. I mean, you know, you never know, you know, what the roster is going to look like. And I'm sure that there's provisions for that in the rule book with COVID. It is kind of on the fly. I mean, our whole society right now is kind of living on the fly. We're week to week. We're, we're governor's speech to governor's speech, right. To know if our schools are going to be open or if the casinos are going to be open. I mean, we don't have any idea what's going on. Um, But I just, I just was watching that and you know, I'm not a Steelers fan by any means. I'm not a Steelers fan. Um, Not at all. (laughs) You know, I'm also not a Ravens fan. I mean, you know, so I'm, I'm watching this game thinking to myself, well, someone's going to win and and I'm going to be unhappy because someone won. You know, but the fair thing to do in that situation, like I said, is just that if you were if you were COVID ineligible, then you don't get to play when that game finally gets made up because it's not right. Makes um, sense. I agree. So on so on that uh, so on that uh, you saying that it's funny because the Cardinals they were caught at like one day at a strip club or a restaurant and everything, and they postponed their their twenty games and pushed them back in. So then they all those guys could play. And they also did the same thing with uh, Florida Marlins. But it, again, it is a, a fly-by-night deal. And I'm sure they'll put new rules in the next five or ten years. I mean, with next year or two, if this stuff happens or if this stuff ever comes back up of a different way to to work this out. But those guys all did get a play and they all did get to. And I think Cardinals ended up making the playoffs because of being able to push all those games back and being able to uh, – uh, win those games when they were all healthy. Right. And ultimately, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar Jackson didn't beat the Steelers. And the Steelers were unhappy because they can't seem to catch a bye week to save their lives, right? They can't, right. Get, that, they can't get that time off that they, that they need and they want to heal. Um, you know, but, but they didn't lose. Had they lost, you know, maybe 
you know, Steelers management, ownership, coaching would have created more of a fuss about it. But, you know, they won. They'll go into, you know, their their time off, to try to heal up after this game and come back for the next game and be strong. So, I mean, we'll, we'll probably never know. Hopefully we never know because hopefully this is the last year we deal with COVID. But For real. So. Stay, t- stay tuned and, and we'll see, like you said, everything, the whole world's on day-to-day, as you know, firsthand being over there and uh, protecting the world in Maryland, Washington, D.C. area, or wherever the hell you are these days, all the way over there on the East Coast. So we'll definitely stay tuned for that. Um, looks like we are going to go to a break. And are you guys good to come back for a quick uh, 2030? Talk about a little NFL? Yeah, I'm good. I can come back for a little bit. Yeah, we'll just talk. We'll get into some NFL games real quick. Not a big uh, this the with the COVID these games that you just can't tell a lot about. So please subscribe, rate, and review everyone. Much appreciated. Uh, go to thisisfunner.com and check out the merch that the producer Chris Donovan has on there. It'd be dope. And uh, make sure you're wearing your masks and washing those damn hands, people. We need it. There we go. We need to get the world back January 1st. Before then. Hopefully in the next couple weeks. So thank you all. We'll be right back. You're listening to your weekly sports fix with sticks. Have you checked out thisisfunner.com yet? We've got a bunch of podcasts for you to listen to, like Once Upon a Time in Springfield, where nine-year-old Cassie reviews Simpsons episodes with her dad. Do your impression of Otto. No, that's more like... (laughs) It sounded like an old lady. (laughs) And Aiden's Arcade Academy, where the boy Aiden reviews video games. This game was made by Epic Games. They probably make some epic fails. Ha ha, am I right, right, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) And you don't want to miss an episode of Converseat with us, the podcast hosted by Evelyn Arrivas and Chris Donovan with constant drop-ins from their kids. There's three S's. Smoothies, salads, and... Oh, shoot, 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 shoot. Starbucks. (laughs) I messed it up. I don't know what the third S is. And for that long commute, check out We Should Be Better at This. We might have to cut all of this. <laughs> we could cut, like everything after minute one. <laughs> we should be better at this. We should be better at this. And sports fans, you don't want to miss sports fix with sticks. It's like you got divorced and lost your kids. It's like that's the feeling that we got. <laughs> so if you're into music, check out All Mixed Up, hosted by Chris Donovan every week. The countdown show that's drunk. Listen to this is a show that takes you on a musical journey through time. Dogs are our best friends and the guardians of our house. But as for Patty Page now, she imagines that all she needs for her family to feel complete is that doggy in the window. For all this and more content, check out thisisfunner.com. Because this is funner. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now back to your weekly sports fix with Sticks. All right. Let's see. Rudy's braving the chill factor in uh, Maryland. He's back. We got uh, Aaron Jones living it up down there in Las Vegas. He's back. The Nas Big Homie is on the DL, as we referenced to earlier. Uh, the Dos Punjabis, though, appreciate you guys, as always. Appreciate you guys. Um, I want to get into, real quick, uh, Nas Big Homie's um, top 10 before we get into the games, real quick. Um, in order, 1 through 10, I'm just going to roll through them. Can't say I disagree much with it. But, um, he has... KC, Pitt, New Orleans, Green Bay, Tennessee, Seattle, Buffalo, his beloved Los Angeles Rams at number eight, Indianapolis, and then Tampa Bay to round out the top 10. My personal opinion, I'd say through six through 10, can't really disagree with them. Roll with it. Um, After Pittsburgh's performance, and like Rudy just referenced to of, you know, them not really beating the breaks off anybody or being that many good teams haven't really been challenged. They've been challenged, but not by quality teams. I would say KC green Bay Pitt, Tennessee, and then new Orleans for me. And I don't know how, just cause new Orleans keeps winning and Tennessee, uh, man, they just seem to keep getting better um, from what I've seen them do. So we started with – we talked a little bit about New Orleans and Atlanta. <clears throat> Aaron, you're the Atlanta guru here. I want to know your thoughts on Atlanta at uh, plus two and a half this time after they just faced New Orleans a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you called a couple Atlanta games. Not an Atlanta fan, but he just has the hit on Atlanta. Um, do you see any this game going either way? This time with New Orleans, does Atlanta put up a fight? I mean, they've been playing, like you said, they've been playing decent a little bit. Um, I'm just, like I said, I'm more intrigued just to see if Jameis gets some some snaps in this one. I mean, yeah, Atlanta put it on the Las Vegas Raiders last weekend in Las Vegas. To me, I mean, Atlanta's just been like – I mean, it's – I mean, what did they? They started out zero and six, and they should have won all all those games. I mean, there's it's not like they've had a bad team; they just had some bad misfortunes, some not very smart coaching or whatever. And I think what is their coach? Is that Raheem Morris? Isn't that the? Is that their yeah, Raheem Morris? Coach? Yep. Yeah, and which was a Denver Bronco coach for a while, uh, and didn't do you know he didn't do very great over there. But uh, I mean, he's a defensive guy, and I just I mean. The only thing is, I just see Julio's not didn't uh, practice again this week uh, today, and so and I didn't see if Gurley is. So I mean, they're again going to play. They, they looked really good last week. I mean, yeah, they, they didn't Denver's have Gurley last week. They, they still look decent. Yeah, and so I mean, they didn't. Yeah, so I mean, they against the Raiders. I mean, they played like a really good team. Like they were focused. They knew what was going on. Uh, I mean, Raiders. Their big thing is they're not really. Uh, a traveling team. They've always kind of always had that issue going to the East Coast from over here. But supposedly they sound like they were they really tried hard to get there early and be prepped and you know and all that stuff for that game and got their butts kicked. So I think I always feel like uh, 
when you watch these Three. games, you know, I mean, they, that they won and now everybody's going to be all over Atlanta. Everybody's <laughs> going to say, oh, my God, they beat the Raiders. Now they have a chance to, to win the world. So I would yep. be surprised if New Orleans doesn't cover that two and a half. Uh, I mean, Sean Payton seems like he has stuff on uh, always up his sleeve. My only thing I was going to say about New Orleans, I'm surprised that Big Homie had them up with number three. Uh, where would he have them? Would he have them number one if this was Drew Brees as their quarterback? I mean, are huh. they are they missing CDB? I mean, obviously they have to be missing a little bit of the scoring beat without Drew Brees there, but everybody complained about Drew Brees' arm. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of a toss-up game to me. I just think that everybody's going to be all over the uh, Atlanta bandwagon right now because they've had, like, four – was it four good weeks in a row? Are they in a four-game win streak right now? Uh, I, I, I know Atlanta. of at least three, but – Oh, they lost – no, they lost uh, no, to they New Orleans lost. in week 11. They had the win one, lost – oh, they lost to that Detroit game. So, as in – I don't know. I, like you said, I they've been in every game. More. So yeah, I just want to put been. you on the spot because you were you were calling some Atlanta games there for a while. So um, all good, though. That's just, you know, just threw it out there to you. If I would uh, have to, I would say, no, New Orleans would cover this game because everybody's thinking that. Uh, I mean, it's – yeah, I don't know. Atlanta's Being that they lost two weeks ago, like you said, they lost 20, 20, uh, 24 to 9 the other day. So yeah, they can put up chat. Yeah, so it's – I don't know. I don't know. Rudy. So I'm on, <laughs> I'm on the flip side of that one. I mean, I, I agree with Aaron. I think that uh, I think that the anonymous big homie has the Saints a little high for for my taste. I mean, I don't think can you really put them above Aaron Rodgers and the and the Packers right now? I mean, the Packers are playing really so. good ball. That's why I flipped them. Yeah, right. You know, between between Aaron Jones, Devontae Adam. I mean, you know, they 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 got their they got their shit straight right now in Green they, Bay. So. I think I think that better Atlanta, playoff time. Yeah. I think Atlanta's gonna win this game and I think what that's gonna do is kind of bring bring the Saints kind of back down to reality that they don't have a quarterback. And you know what they're they're getting away with a guy, a real versatile guy, you know, like uh like what Cordell Stewart slash like remember that guy could do everything. <laughs> yep, like I mean, that's great that that's great that Taysom Hill can throw it, run it, and catch it. But you know, I think when you start playing big boy games in the NFL, I think that, you know, you need to come with a quarterback. And, and I mean, that's the same old story that I think that everybody that doesn't have a quarterback is going with right now. So I think that Atlanta is going to win that game. And then I think we're going to have to reevaluate where we think the Saints are in the grand scheme of things until they get Drew Brees back. And I'd like to see Atlanta win this game just to knock New Orleans down a little bit, get them back in reality and see, you know, what really their game plan is going to be if Drew Brees can't make it back this year. I mean, he's got 37 broken ribs or however many ribs you have. I don't even know. Five broken ribs, whatever. It hurts like hell, I'm sure. Uh, so, Rudy, I'll put you on the spot, too. Is Cleveland the worst 8-3 and three team in the world? Or are these guys actually good? Because they play Tennessee this week, and that's kind of scary. They're only – Tennessee's only favored by six, but it's at Tennessee. And I just, I mean, I'm going to look it up while you talk, but has Cleveland won a game by single-handedly like a, a six, seven points where they didn't have to, they couldn't screw it up? I mean, just, they baffle me how they're eight and three right now. All right. So, so it's funny because a friend of mine uh, from Minnesota just texted me today and asked me, why the Browns are so good. 
And uh, and I told him, I said, I wouldn't use the term so good. They're good. They're not so good. Um, but so I, I gave a, a, a three headed response to um, to why the Browns are, are eight and three and why they're winning right now. Uh, to answer your question before I go on my three headed response. Uh, no, they have not beaten anybody soundly. And they've only beaten one winning team. And that winning team was was the Colts. Um, so they haven't they need to beat the Titans or they need to beat the Steelers or, or the, the Ravens. Uh, those are the three winning games they have left. But then they also need to beat the Jets and the Giants, which are the losing teams that they, they're playing. I mean, right. they're, they're, the, they're a Jets and a Giants away, literally the Jets and the Giants away from being 10 and six. Like they haven't been 10 and six since 2007. But here's, here's kind of my breakdown. I wish I could read the text to you, but that would, that would be cheesy. So I'm just going to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Um, number one is coaching, right? Kevin Stefanski is a steady hand on that sideline, right? He's smart. He's intelligent. He doesn't get emotional. He never shows anger, disappointment, frustration. He's steady at all times. And football players can look at that and they say, hey, man, if he ain't worried, I ain't worried right the other thing about him is is that he's so in tune with analytics and not only analyzing other teams but also analyzing his own team so he said before that he's fallen into patterns of run versus pass pass versus run so he's doing everything he can to make sure that you don't know what he's going to call and they do a lot of play action so they set up a lot of plays that are going to look like they're running plays and they throw the ball on you so his coaching is probably reason number one why they're winning and why they're eight and three. Number two, and I think you have to agree with this, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So well, those guys, those guys are unstoppable for four quarters. You can stop them for three, but you can't stop them for four. Eventually, those guys are going to break one on you, and when they do, they break it and they chew up clock. And they're able to get the first downs and they're able to keep that clock moving and do what they do. They play unselfish. They don't care which one's in the game. When the one's in the game, the other one's on the, on the sidelines rooting for them. We all know about Nick Chubb stepping out of bounds a couple of weeks ago to get to, instead of taking an easy touchdown, which by the way, would have been a double digit win. Mm, uh, true. He steps out of bounds and they only win by like four. So that's, that's reason number two. And then reason number three is Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker Mayfield's doing two things, right? He is missing wide open passes, and that's a big topic of conversation right now with Baker missing wide open passes. Oh, he missed that guy in the end zone. He's never going to be anything. Um, I believe it's Colin Cowherd that thinks he's just an absolute turd. But he's also really good when he's on, right? When he's on, he's threading the needle. When he's on, he's completing passes in the corner of the end zone. He's making plays when he's on. And he makes more of those plays than he misses wide open receivers. But people don't see the good because you're not watching the Browns games. They're still not on national TV. You're watching the, 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 the next day's uh, highlights Reflex. of it. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, you know, these folks in the media, all they want to do is bring Baker down. But when Baker's on, he's on. So you got to give him that. But the final thing that Baker's not doing to wrap up my whole thing here is that Baker's a lot like Peyton Manning when the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Peyton wasn't losing you games. Baker's not out losing games. Baker's not out fumbling the ball in the fourth quarter. Baker hasn't thrown an interception for three straight games. 
Baker's starting to be like he's managing that game. He's getting more comfortable in the system. We all know how many coaches he's had over his three-plus years in the league, right? He's finally got a steady coach. He's learning the system, and he's not shooting himself or the team in the foot. So, yeah, they, they're probably the worst 8-3 and three team in the league right now of all the 8-3 and three teams, <laughs> and there's probably some 7-4 and four teams that are better than they are. Um, but, hell, man, their defense takes the ball away. Their offense isn't giving it away. I mean, they, they have a shot. They have a shot at winning. I would say they have a shot at winning four of their next six games, if not three, maybe two. But, I mean, 10 and six, I think, for sure. Maybe 11 and five, but hell. Well, when they play Tennessee, Baltimore, and like you said, Giants and Jets and Pittsburgh, uh, you know, Tennessee, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh, you know, two of those teams are in the division, so that could help them out as well. And then um, – like if you if they get two or three, you know, and, and start rolling and getting playing the same they're playing, but actually getting more in tune with everything, they could be a decent team in the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And and yeah. like you said, I like how Baker gets ridiculed for not making a good pass, but he's not turning the ball over to your point. Exactly. So I, uh, I mean, being a Nebraska guy, and you know, I love that two-headed monster. Though, as we go back to the days in the early '90s, '80s, and '90s, where Nebraska—that's all they did—is they just ran the ball and they ran the ball and they ran the ball. And you could get stopped for three quarters in that fourth quarter. All of a sudden, you have 350 rushing yards because you just you, you wore everybody out. That was the whole thing about Nebraska football back in the day: is you had these big linemen that knock people down and run them over, and they just get so. They're not the best athlete athletes. But by the time that they're done, your team is so tired, you, you, they just get to run all over you. And that's what I feel like the uh, Hunt and Chubb thing is right now, is that they're just they're pounding you and pounding you and pounding you, and you just get wore out. And you, by, the, by, by, that fourth, by that fourth quarter, you just can't catch your breath right now, and they're running. And that's exactly what Derrick Henry, I think, has done a lot of this year. And he's doing the same things he did last year. He waited till not waited, but it got to later in the season where these players can't he's gaining he's gaining momentum and everybody is losing momentum so he's able to start chugging and his and now that he's had the same uh workout same plan and now his those legs are driving through and that defense the guy can't stop him because now he's he's keeping the same steady pace and he's running them over because they are out of gas and they can't do anything and i think he's just the same thing last year in the guy in the playoffs the same thing he did he just runs them over he's running 200 he was running a steady 70 yards a game, and now he's up to 150 yards. And by the end of the season, he's hitting that four, five, six touchdowns and just running people over. Yeah, I, man, I'm, I couldn't have said that. I couldn't have said that better myself. That's perfect. That is the exact, like, that is exactly what's happening. And it, it, it's that's perfect, perfect way to say that, Aaron. I mean, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are good for at least 150 yards rushing a game. I mean, probably more than that. It's just well, crazy. They, they use the term in, in Cleveland, they use the term, it's going to pop. They say, like, they, they believe that. It's going to pop. Keep keep giving the ball. Keep pounding away. One's going to pop. One's going to pop. And then you see it happened the other day where Nick Chubb went for 53. The Browns lead the league in explosive running. They have over 50 runs of more than 10 yards, what they consider to be an explosive run. And they lead the league in that. And But the whole team buys in. Everybody from Baker through the offensive line, 
the wide receivers that are out there blocking, the tight ends are out there blocking, every single one of them believes that one's going to pop. You just keep handing the ball, and they might go for two yards, three yards, negative one yards, two yards, bam, 60, done. Right? Like, that's that they believe that. So they're, they're 100% bought into that running game. And Baker is. If anybody wasn't bought into that running game, it may have been Odell Beckham. Maybe not bought into that running game because he wants those stats. But other than that, and I still don't even think he was dragging them down, um, but but they are they are a monster. It's incredible. I mean, I I think that Cleveland, I mean, my big thing is that I enjoyed last week when I see – I mean, they have three great players on their team. That Hooper is a really good tight end. Nukajolo, whatever his – that other tight end is a really good tight end that they don't seem like they use a lot. And then Landry. So when I seen Hooper and Landry both get a little bit of the ball last week, I was really excited about that for them, uh, that maybe that Mitt Baker will finally, you know, this op- this running game is going to open up that passing game. He just got to get him the ball, obviously, what you're saying. So I just yeah. think they have three, three-headed defensive or uh, offensive uh, wide receivers slash tight ends that I don't feel like they're utilizing enough. Well, hopefully we're talking Cleveland and Seattle in the Super Bowl this year, and we'll uh... – <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to really get into the to the offenses and defenses. I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that, man. <laughs> listen, listen, you know my, my wife is from Olympia. She's a Seahawks fan. Um Aaron's from you know Broncos fan. Like I'm telling you right now, you were there. It's the yeah. worst Super Bowl I've ever watched. That was <laughs> the Broncos I mean, Seahawks. The, the Broncos Seahawks, like because yeah. you know, like it, it was a no-win situation. I was kind of on the outside. I mean, I've been a Seahawks fan because of my wife, but I've always followed – I follow all of Aaron's teams just because it, it gives us, you know, more to talk about. Like, I, uh-huh. I like the Huskers, and I like the Cubs till they beat the Indians. And I've always done that. He'll tell you. Um, but, you know, that Super Bowl was just it, – it couldn't have been worse. The only the only worse Super Bowl would have be, would be the Browns against the Seahawks. So, yeah. I mean, let, let's, not, let's not go for that. But, listen, I got to – I just want to say that, that if the Browns just make it to the playoffs right now, just in a with a rookie head coach, just make it to the playoffs. I don't I could care less if they win a single game. I don't care if they score a single touchdown. Like just make it to the playoffs in this in this rookie's first year as a coach. And and then let that team start to build around that. Because right. that that's exciting. Um that's all I need, man. That's all I need. I mean we're one we're, we're, we're already guaranteed to not have a losing season and we're one win away from a winning season. Like that should be good enough for me, but just give me the playoffs, man. I'm good. Well, to give Aaron, Aaron Jones credit too. He, uh, he took that, that Super Bowl like a champ. He still got, uh, not as big homie and I back safely. And, uh, you know, we had a good time. So it was a good time. We didn't, you know, rub it in. We knew the game was over at halftime, so I think that probably helped it out a little bit. I mean, we still won it two years later, so it wasn't, you know. Like- right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm still excited about that. You know, out of all the teams, mine is the latest to win a Super Bowl. So I'm good yeah, at that, that right now. That, so. that, that's going to take that sting away a little bit too, right? Like it hurt for a couple of years, but then you got your championship. So 
got to yes. feel better. <laughs> yeah, that helped him out a little bit. Um, so, <laughs> real quick, uh, Denver is at, at Kansas City, 14-point underdogs. Um, like you said, the Denver defense isn't really terrible. So, I mean, they keep the team in it. Hopefully, they'll have their quarterback back, one of them. Um, I see they put, uh, they put Bortles on the emergency quarterback list. So what they're doing is keeping him. He can listen to all the things on, on computer or whatever, but he will not be in any meetings or nothing around anybody. So if this does happen again, he will be the emergency quarterback. They, they used a different name for it, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, I just heard the, um, the Seahawks did the same thing. They're like, I think they separated all their quarterbacks. Um, so they, um, they're not even in the same room anymore, probably not even near each other at practice. Um, knock on wood like we talked about before the Seahawks are the only team that doesn't have a hasn't had a COVID case yet so um is I mean and I feel and I feel like that uh their coach is more uh aloof and really doesn't care I mean it isn't like a hard-nosed guy for their for their team to be like that the most aloof coach of the whole thing you know carefree or whatever and his team to be the one the safest I'm really surprised and happy for them that he can do that right that they can keep everybody in check and everybody well it's I think it goes down to just everybody holding each other accountable for the most part um you know it doesn't seem like they're out there doing any charity functions that are involving all of the you know team team personnel like uh, the Raiders were doing or whatever but um before I get into the Seahawks do you have anything you want to add on your Broncos there uh Aaron no it's no, I just uh, it's just again I'm get I'm not going to do any homey thing on this one. This one, this I mean, my heart wants Denver to be within that 14 points. Uh, I mean, I think they held them to the under. I think that it was an under last game the last time they played, but I think they still lost by like 25 points or something stupid like that. So I just no, I can't. I would love to see them be there and uh, make everybody you know go out and play hard because of last week and all of their crap and knock off the Kansas City, but unfortunately i don't think it's going to happen so <laughs> well well speaking of unfortunately not going to happen uh, um the seahawks are favored by 10 at home and i'm going back to the old school ways of first of all i just saw that josh gordon is able to return for the last two games of the season which don't necessarily think we need any more wide receivers but i'd like to see him on the field um I like Josh Gordon last year. He's clutch came in. He seemed to have good uh, uh, rapport with, um, with Russell Wilson. So first of all, he should have been off the whatever list he's been eligible for, you know, for sooner than the last two games, but that's, is he going to be playoff? Is he playoff eligible? I think so. I don't, as long I, I believe he is. Cause they never really, I mean, he's been on the roster or whatever, just ineligible the whole year. So um, I don't see why he couldn't be. I don't know why he would come back for two games if he wasn't, or they would bring him back for two games if he wasn't. Right. Well, I know. I know. I don't. I don't know the law or the rule, but there is a time frame. Like, there's a time that a guy has to be on your roster before oh, that's he can true. play. And that's so sometimes, true. like the NFL will do things. Like, I don't know if you know that. Like, a guy has to play ten games uh, for it to be a regular season. Or have to be eligible to play for ten games to be a, a season against his contract. So if you mm-hmm. suspend a guy for seven games and he only plays in nine, then that doesn't go down as a year. That happened to Josh Gordon with the Browns. They suspended ah. him for the last game of the year 
It didn't put him over the limit of games to be eligible for, to whether whether you play or not. It didn't put him over the edge. And so they wound up getting his rights for one more year, whereas otherwise they would have had to pay him as a restricted or non-restricted free agent. So there's mm-hmm. rules about when when you can play and when you can't. But, I mean, listen, the guy's immensely talented. He's ridiculously talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I would say you that – you know, he he's as talented or or more than DK Metcalf. I mean, we're we're all loving DK Metcalf right now for his size and his speed and his hands, but I think uh, I think Josh Gordon's faster, smoother, has better hands. Like like he he had a shot at being maybe the greatest wide receiver ever to play football. I mean, the guy was literally unbelievable, and he just he just couldn't stay straight, man. So I wish him the best of luck. Um, and I'm glad he's on the Seahawks if he can't be on the Browns. But uh, if he's eligible for the playoffs and they start to click with with Lockett, Metcalf, and, and Gordon, watch out. Be watch solid. Out. And then I, the, I have a question about DK Metcalf because I don't. I mean, I like the other day his. I mean, obviously he is a a fun, uh, hardworking, uh, whatever. You know, just one of those guys that seems like he's. I mean, watching that game the other day and uh, he was getting head to head with that uh defensive back i was it was it was fun to watch him do that and then him pretty much win that uh deal but is he going to be a uh a brown or a uh an obj is he going to be one of those guys is he going to be the down to yeah i mean is he going to be like that i mean because it seems like he's starting to with this little pacifier thing he has in his mouth and and stuff <laughs> like that he seems like he's gonna he's getting into his own and I just I, – I love to see these tough, scrappy uh, tight end – I mean, these uh, wide receivers that really go out and play, but then they all seem like they get this really big head. Or is it just me? Well, well it's funny. Happened? Real quick, real quick. It's funny because Nas Big Homie keeps uh, – he texts me every every game, uh, DK's, DK's a diva, DK's a diva. I was like, no, he's just confident, and he just, you know, carries – he'll put his team on his shoulders, and he just wants the ball. And if he doesn't get the ball, he's okay with it too. So, no, I don't think he's a diva, and I think he's going to be solid. He's a diva, bro. He's a diva. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Listen, I mean, and maybe it's something about being a wide receiver, right? Like maybe maybe something about being a wide receiver means that you kind of – to be able to win those battles, to be able to go up against these world-class DBs, like maybe that's what you got to be. But let's not act like he's not. And what's this deal with Jim Schwartz or Schwartz, right? Am I saying that yeah. right? What's the deal with that dude? Like he did, that was Megatron's coach. Yeah. Like, and for, for him to come out and even say your name in the same conversation as Megatron, like that wasn't coming out before this, that was straight. That wasn't in the news. They were, they weren't comparing DK to Calvin Johnson. They weren't doing that. No. Jim Schwartz did that. Right. And like, and, and instead of just being like grateful, like you, you're telling me that I could someday be as good as Megatron. Like that should have been the greatest thing he ever heard, and instead and he, he turns he way. turns it into right like that. So I don't know, man. Terrell Owens, you know what, oh, what's up? What's T-O, baby? What's up? What's T-O Spanish for fourteen? Catorce. So what? <laughs> like this dude's gonna get freaking His name changed on the Catorce, back. Right? I mean, come on, man. Like yeah, really, Johnson he, style. No, he way. is, bro. He is. He's a diva. I'm just saying. I think he's solid. He's just he, he got. It, He's you guys are just gonna be haters, I guess. But the uh, is he's not know. getting in trouble, he's not causing I, I problems, he's holding I his don't own. hate the guy. 
I don't hate the guy no, at all. I'm not, I'm not a hater in any way, shape, or form. I'm not. I just, you know, if we're if we're gonna talk about whether he is or isn't, I'm just saying hey, he I, is. I'm but, a hater. We all know that I hate on <laughs> uh, everybody and anybody. But no, I just that was the first time I really watched him play a game. I mean, I've never really watched. I've seen some of the Seattle games, but it seems like he was in all the plays and he was in there. I mean, and he did. He was working hard. He was he was selling the he was selling the. Uh, the DB, so they stayed on him, and everybody was kind of going toward him, and he fought, and he he played hard, and I have nothing against that, but I just listen to other people say stuff and watching, you know, stuff like that. He does. He, he seems like he is a little full of himself, and I'm just I just love to see a good wide receiver go confidence, out and play bro, instead of open instead of opening his mouth and not doing anything. I mean, I think I mean I I think as like the the mosses and the uh. Cinco's and the, you know all these guys they they all start out nice and quiet and do really really good and then when they get to that first contract break there they go they're just all of a sudden I mean Brown Brown kept his mouth shut for how long and then all of a sudden all this stuff broke <laughs> don't play, don't was, okay. okay we can compare him to Calvin Johnson we can't compare him to Antonio <laughs> Brown yet or right. Terrell Owens or well, first con after his first contract Josico talk to me you right talk to me after his first contract we'll delay. Right. We'll hey, Pinga, Pinga, Pinga. Hey, if, you're, if your wife is ugly, you know she's ugly. If your favorite wide receiver is a diva, you know he's a diva, bro. <laughs> I'm saying. It just is what it is. I'm not going there yet. I like his play. <laughs> I like his teamwork. I like how he keeps, you know, he's there to stick up for his players um, because he knows that those guys, he's just, he's just that, like that big brother who's on your, on your side all the time. If you get into trouble, he's there to step in for you. That best friend that's there, and he's not afraid to, um, to you know, get dirty and and get physical. So hey, we still got a little bit until he gets that first contract and see if he changes his name to Catorce or whatever you <laughs> just said. Um, but, I was wondering where he went to college because I I don't I didn't remember ever hearing his name very much like in college. A lot of the college receivers you don't hear a lot about. But I was wondering where he went to college at. I didn't know he Old went Miss, to the right? University of uh, Old Miss. Yeah, yeah. He was there with AJ Brown. Can you imagine those two? That's crazy. Um, so, anyways, yeah. So that's a nice little DK. Uh, An big homie would have liked that too. You guys uh, calling him a diva. But we're going back to the old Seahawk football days where they don't beat anybody by ten points. Okay, we're just gonna go ahead and do that. So the Seahawks are minus 10 or favored by 10. So at home, no fans, no Daniel Jones from what I hear, right? Daniel Jones is still out for the Giants. But um, Seahawks don't beat anybody by 10 points. Their defense is getting better. Um, I do like the signing of Carlos Dunlap. He seems to be uh, coming up just like I've referenced to many times about Jadavian Clowney. Glad he's gone. Um, got Shaquille Griffin back. Um, even though these clowns couldn't knock down a Hail Mary in the 17 seconds left in the game. Um, not even going to go there against the Phillies. Done and over with that game. But um, I like, I mean, I think it's just going to be a solid run the ball. Um, last week, we were, uh, Nas Big Homie and I were talking about Russell Wilson's passing yards. I said he'd throw for under 235. He threw for like 230. I think it's going to be another one of those games where you just get a steady dose of healthy Chris Carson. Uh, Carlos Hyde, um, hopefully DJ Dallas, and just get these guys back. Um, but, man, I'd love to see the Seahawks beat somebody by 
freaking 12 or 13 or 14 and you know kind of like the browns you know rudy like would love to see him win by you know a touchdown and be okay with not having to to play out the game and play that soft defense but um you know they got the giants and i believe the seahawks have the jets kind of like um the browns do too right you just said rudy um yep. but um seahawks are the same thing with them too they have you know giants jets washington and then rams and san francisco to end out their uh season so you know if we're going to talk about you know the last what one two three five games then you know the rams are going to be tough december 27th and san francisco is always going to be tough but the next three games the seahawks should be fine um and get you know going into the playoffs uh or going into those last two division games hopefully they can pull off those two division games and and win the nfc west so i don't know interesting week of football uh with all the freaking covid stuff you never know what's going to happen but still intrigued still excited still fun um so man Josh Gordon, we'll have to look into that. That's a good call, Rudy. I, mean, uh, I don't know about that. I have to see what the eligibility is. What's up there? I, I, I think it's funny because you're talking about the 10 points because we all know famous. Uh, I thought I'd seen somebody else, but uh, this is Colin Coy, uh, Colt McCoy coming in. So we know how famous he is coming in and sneaking out a one win as a starting as a uh, reserve quarterback. He's like one of the top reserve quarterbacks that had do nothing as a starter but can always pull off a, a, a weird game or something. So – that kind of sounds fun. So I would probably stick with you with that minus or with that uh, taking plus, plus 10 instead of, yeah. yeah. It's crazy because I don't think they're going to beat anybody by that many. Well, I was thinking something too while you were saying that. You were talking about uh, relied on the running game, right? And this is a great time of year in a sense to almost rest Russell Wilson, right? I mean, Russell was throwing the ball how many times a game? You know, 300 plus yards, all these touchdowns, like, setting records for yards and touchdowns in the first half of a season. And now, you know, he's down in the 200s and he's not throwing the touchdowns that he was. He's not even throwing the attempts anymore, but he will. He'll need to again. He'll need to be the first half Russell Wilson come the last couple of games in the playoffs. So if you yeah. rest this guy now and, you, you know, a steady dose of Carson and Carlos Hyde, uh, who's a Buckeye, by the way. But if you just keep giving these balls to the running backs and let them kind of be their own version of, of a two-headed running back monster, then you keep Russ fresh, right? You yeah. keep everybody getting the ball a little bit. But then now, now when you make that playoff run and you're going to play against your your Green Bay Packers and your New Orleans Saints and these better teams in the league, um, it, you you got your quarterback that's fresh and he hasn't come off of a fifty pass game <laughs> game, right? right? Well, that's and, always been that's always Pete Carroll's philosophy too. He always says you're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So now he's getting I, back into it. I think it's funny because I'm laughing because me and uh, Pinga the other day were looking at uh, total rushing yards for uh, for the game the other night, and it was uh, 27. And he's like, there's no way he's going to run that. And I'm like, I want to go back to the beginning of the season because I felt like you're saying he's running the ball so much or throwing the ball so much. I felt like he was running hundreds of yards every game. And maybe just because he was going left and right and not – North and South, but uh, yeah. I just think it's a, and he only ended up with six yards the other game. And they, the defense, uh, he, the, was that the Rams defense with San Francisco, who did they lose? Who did they play the other day? Was it San Fran? Philly. Philly. 
Oh, Philly. Yeah, and Philly was in that bag. I mean, they're known for you know, the sacks and stuff. And I was expecting him to run, and he still was just kind of going left to right, not up and down. And I was, like, really, really surprised. He ended up with six yards. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't – he's smarter now, oh, too. I, once I, was, I, mean, I feel like he, runs, like he runs more than throws. Yeah, well, once he gets later in the season, he knows he doesn't – he tries to save himself a little bit. So, um, yeah, so – we'll see how the, the, the week 13 turns out. Hopefully nothing else uh, goes into COVID protocol effect. You got it, uh, Rudy. Hey, let me just throw out too. I was kind of looking over that whole NFC West thing, but uh, just interesting. Like if, if, if a couple of you got the, aside from the Seahawks, you got the Rams, the 49ers and the Cardinals who, you know, real nice of them to let San Fran come down there and play in their stadium. They don't have to do that because they're, uh, uh, division rivals, but um, if you get a couple of wins the right way, and all of a sudden now those guys are bunched up at like six and five, six and six, like those guys, those three for the last that last wild card spot, those guys are really making a run for it. And I yeah. think that if the, if the Hawks go on and, and the Hawks have a very uh, friendly schedule to be able to win the division, and I think I think they'll lose one maybe of their remaining five games. Like, I think they'll beat the Jets, the Giants. I mean, maybe the the, the Rams, Rams and San Francisco the, are going to be close. One of those will nip them. But, I mean, I think, you know, for the most part, they're probably going to win their division. But look at look at the last three teams and watch and keep your eye on the last three teams in that division. Um, they're, they're very potentially going to get real close right now, real knotted up. And that could be one hell of a war between those three teams and that last couple spots for the, for the extra wild card, it's going to be exciting, gonna, man. It's going to be fun. Going to be fun. Aaron Jones, as always, thanks for uh, coming on. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Rudy, thanks, thanks for, for taking me. time out of your work day. Hang in with Definitely. us as well. Wear, wear your masks, everybody. Wear your masks. Rudy's showing one right now. He's got to uh, protect the people. So we all need to protect ourselves. Let's do it. And uh, go to the thisisfunner.com for more online content. As always, get that merch. And uh, please subscribe, rate, and review. Wash your hands, people. Wear your mask. Appreciate y'all listening. Aaron Jones, Rudy, appreciate you guys. Chris, the producer, appreciate you too, my man. Damn, this is fun. That was Sports Fix with Sticks. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. If you want to join the show, use the hashtag Sticks and Sports. For more podcasts, videos, and content, go to thisisfunner.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.